Hello, and welcome to this Xbox Life episode 656, Unreal. I'm one of your hosts, Brun BJ Swick 33 and with me this week I have two awesome gentlemen, one being another host, which is uh, Mark. Hey, everybody. How you doing? It's Mark, also known as Wingmind709. And special guests, we have Jonathan Winbush back. So, what up, if, what up? Uh, yeah. So, do, uh, gamer tag. Do you want to give out your gamer tag? Um, I don't. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I get so much spam out there. You know, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Well, Jonathan's here because he's going to make a game during the show and release it under TXL for us, and you know, using the <laughs> Unreal Engine Five. Uh, <laughs> it's that easy, so, right? Yeah. If people don't remember Jonathan, he's been on the show. How many times have you been on the show? This fifth, um, fifth or been sixth on a time? few times. Yeah, 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 throughout the years. Yeah. So if you're not familiar with Jonathan, you can find him on YouTube. Uh, if you, I search for Winbush. I, I, I've been subscribed, so I, I just those the main things called Winbush. But if you search YouTube.com slash c slash Jonathan Winbush, but uh, you'll yeah. find him on YouTube. So. Uh, a lot of cool content. If you want to have your mind blown on stuff, because, you know, like I'm even a web developer, but I don't get into like this level of stuff as far as like design and, you know, game development and things like that. And what you get into, um, I watch this and I'm still my my eyes still glass over and mouth drops open like, huh, you know, one of those moments, but <laughs> it's neat because I do watch a ton of videos of stuff that I don't personally do, but it's just extremely fascinating, like in like an IT world type of thing. So, yeah, um, I mean, there's oh, a lot of crossover there too, because you're in web design, right? I mean, it's all still design. So a lot of those elements do cross over. Yeah, I mean, I've even tried like After Effects type stuff, and and I just I'm not I, me myself as far as web development. I'm not too keen into like the design part. I'm more of like a back end function, you know, like API level stuff. You know, it just happens to have a f- web front end that I don't I can build, but I don't really care to. But yeah, uh, <laughs> that's <All right. laughs> just kind of how that goes. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll talk more here a little bit later. I don't want to waste it you know burn through everything right off the bat because i still have to say we are not affiliated with microsoft or xbox in any way this is a show being done by fans for fans of the microsoft xbox the views and opinions expressed on the show do not necessarily necessarily reflect those of microsoft so and uh like i said we'll talk more more unreal stuff a little bit later but we do have to talk about what we've been playing Boop. Um, Jonathan, since you're the guest, you get to go first. Yeah. So the latest and greatest actually just started this like two nights ago, but I've been playing the vampire. How do you say it? Masquerade blood hunt. Yep. The new vampire battle royale, which is, um, it's a lot of fun. It reminds me of Apex Legends, but with like, well, I don't want to say wall running because you're more like wall climbing because you're vampires. So it takes place in Prague. And um, yeah, it's it's really neat. The mechanics, like I'm just getting into it. I think I'm only at like level five or six, but 
that's been pretty fun. So it's been a while since I played a battle royale. So getting into that one's been pretty cool. And then before that, I just finished up the gunk that was on Game Pass, which was uh, a lot of fun too. I like single player games. And that's a fun game. Yeah, I really like that one a lot. I mean, I wish there was more to it. Hopefully there's some DLC. I haven't seen anything about it, but yeah, I really enjoyed that one. It, cool. Is that all? I think, um, and then Yakuza 4. I'm like maybe a couple hours into that one, but not too much. Been busy with work, so it's been more like party games, if anything, you know, some Among Us and the new Jackbox and stuff like that with a couple of friends. Cool. All right. Um, did, Mark? did you get your uh, Master Chief Among Us skin? <laughs> I didn't know. They have one? Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's still in there. Um, I think it was, I think it was on the dashboard. I think I saw it somewhere and you clicked it. it like you, you got a uh, Master Chief skin for your for your Among Us character. Was that only if you were on the Xbox? Because I'm usually play Among Us on PC. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'll, yes, I'll, I'll look it up. Was I it think, just Xbox? I think you had to log into the Xbox to get it. Oh, but dang. but then you have to do the whole their crossover stuff of like cross skin things and linking it like doesn't work right now like it's broken so like even if you do have it on the xbox when on the xbox you wouldn't be able to transfer it to like your pc profile or whatever until they get their stuff fixed now this might it might be fixed now but i have yet to really figure that out <laughs> so. um it says if you're on version 2022.3.29 on the pc or the xbox um, if you open up your game and log into your Among Us account, you should see Halo Cosmetics um, for your selection. They are uh, they are added automatically if you're on the right version. Oh, okay. Oh, I have to check that out. So I have to get it on the Xbox first, right? And then it will cross over the um, PC? No, this says on PC or Xbox, what I'm reading. I wonder if the PC version is the... Um, the Game Pass version. The Game Pass version. Yes. Yeah. That's because I do have two different ones. I have the one that's on Steam, but well, I have Game Pass. So I should be able to just jump on that one anyway. Yeah. But that's that's the part where I ha- also have it on Steam and I had to download it on Xbox. And then I went to say, okay, join my accounts together and sign under like the one, their universal login thing. And it says, sorry, you can't link because you have to do pick a specific username that you can't change, but then you get a value of an ID number that you can link in another page of linking the other two and this one and that one. And I'm like, this is a mess. I was like, this is a disaster. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Good times with crossover, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. you need to log in for everything. Yeah. So, right. but yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Mark, what you got? Um, played some more Fortnite this week. Uh, I think I got to level 76. Um, so I'm working in my last 25 trying to get, uh, Dr. Strange unlocked at level hundred. Um, and then, uh, I played some more, uh, sniper ghost warrior contracts. I'm, uh, in the last area 
uh, working on the the last contracts there. So I'm definitely not going to get Ghost Warrior contracts to probably even started because by the time I get this one done, um, Sniper Elite 5 is coming out, I think, next week. Yeah. Or maybe. So <clears throat> I think it's next. I think it's next week or maybe the week after, but it's almost here. And I'm probably going to take a break and do that. And then I'll, once I'm done with Sniper Elite 5, I'll probably come back to Ghost Warrior Contracts 2. But I'm really enjoying um, the game. I really do enjoy this Contracts game. So I'm really glad you you mentioned it because it's right up my alley and I'm just having a lot of fun with it. And it's hard. And I'll tell you, these missions are long. It's uh, definitely, you got to have time to sit down and play. <laughs> and <Yeah>. there's, <coughs> there's no manuals. Oh, excuse me. There's no there's no manual saves, which I wish there was. Um, but you have to at least complete an objective and then go to an extraction point. And you don't actually extract, but it's basically like a save. They're they're saying, okay, the data or the information you gathered has been uploaded, you know, to your to the the people that hi- hired you. So basically, that saves that part as being done. And then, of course, you can quit the game, and when you come back, you'll be at that point. But if you're in the middle of a mission before that, and you die or something happens, you start the whole thing over. <laughs> it's just like, woof. And there's some big areas. No. That's a really fun game. I'm really enjoying it. Can't believe I missed this one. <laughs> but that's it for me. All right. Um, yeah, the ghost con, I just got an email cause I have contracts too on my steam list and I just got a message. It's like, Hey, this is on sale for $14 or $15 or something. Um, so it's actually on, on sale now, uh, 1999. So it's 20 bucks off. It's 50% off right now. So pretty interesting. Um, I have been also, also been playing Fortnite. <laughs> think i'm level 89 <laughs> uh so working on those last you know 11 Are you serious yeah i'm in the 80s i think dude <laughs> so all right all right i've been called out i see how it is <laughs> I'm I'm in the 80s. maybe it's not quite 89 i thought it was 88 or 89 i'll have to check after the show and let you know how bad to feel um <laughs> <laughs> So it, it just that no build mode. But the thing is, is like, you know, I've I've played a bunch of battle rails and I said it, I think, last show last week. It's just a laid back battle royale to me. It's no, it's no stress, just fun. Um, You know, because my my favorite is still Apex. I mean, I have to say that my favorite is still Apex, but Apex is, you know, white knuckle, you know fast paced for me like you know it's a it's a little it's different it's different than fortnite um but yeah so i've been playing fortnite uh completed my first season through f1 2021 i won the championship it's not that hard of a game um i've even you know slowly upped you know was upping the ai and i'm still some races they'll be on my tail and some races I beat them by like nine seconds. I, I don't, I don't know how to do it because it's <laughs> their, their thing is like beginner, which is very, very easy. And then you have your intermediate, which is kind of where I'm at right now. 
and then you have hard and then like extreme, like, you know, you're coming in last place unless you're, you know, the Lord of F1. <laughs> um, I think there's four levels and I'm on medium, but the thing is that the difference between medium and high is not like, Oh, they're getting a couple click, you know, a couple seconds closer or, you know, you're struggling. It's like, you know, it's, it's too big of a jump from medium to hard. Um, they need like a, you know, a tone that one down a little bit and then make the one extreme or whatever. But the hard part about racing games and if everybody's played a racing game is the AI do not move off the preferred line. So everybody, you guys know what I mean when I say that, right? Like, yeah, there, there's the perfect line around the track. The AI do not move from it. If you are on that line on the inside, they don't care. They will take it. You know what I mean? So it's, it's not like they're not smart. So they literally just wreck into you or push you off. And it's like, sorry, my line, you know? So so that's, is F1 more of like a racing simulator or is it an arcade racer? So F1 is a, it's not, it's not an arcade and it's not a sim. It's actually between those two. Um, the other game that I played or was having issues with this week is a set of course, a competition, competition, <laughs> however you want to say it. That game is a simulator. So that game is like extreme, you know, that's a sim and F one is just, you know, between that arcade and, and sim way, but I think you can get a little more sim like, um, as far as making it difficult on yourself or making the car, feel more realistic as in having realistic modes, but it is still somewhat of a arc arcade arcadey part, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are the ones I prefer. I'm not really in the simulators. Like, yeah, I mean, my favorite racing game of all time is still blur. Like I really wish they would bring a sequel to that back or, Oh yeah. That was made like a, a Forza blur edition or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked, I think that, that was the one that had like the, the icons underneath the car, right? Mm-hmm. Of like your yeah. boost and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think Rob really liked Blur. No, his was Grid, right? Was he Grid or Blur? Can't no, which him one. and I both were huge fans of Blur. Blur, okay, yeah. Yep. Yeah, Yeah. they need to so, bring it back. Yeah. Um. But, you know, you know so, so like I would consider like when you would go like down the racing games, like a set of course, it would be like the top. It's a simulator. And then you would have your Forza Motorsport and uh, maybe Gran Turismo. And then you would have F1. And then you would have like Forza Horizon and your Blur and, and stuff like that. So that, that would be like the level from sim to arcade, I would say. It would probably fit around F one would probably fit around the like just below like a Forza Motorsport, so because that one does try to be a sim, but it's hard to be a true sim. I think when you're like on a console type thing, right? Um, so yeah, so set of course, uh, I played so Jurassic Park Evolution two came out on X uh, came out on Game Pass what, yesterday or the day before. I think it was Tuesday actually. Um, played started some of it i started the first one back in the day when it you know i think it's still on game pass as well so you can play it this one here kind of seems okay but it's cheesy (laughs) a little bit 
Um, because they kind of like, it's like after Jurassic world and they actually mention Jurassic world and actually talk about the movie Jurassic world. And then like, there's the characters that are in Jurassic world or in the game, not their, not their voices. And, and it's just kind of like, yeah, I don't know. It's a little cheesy in a way, but it's okay. Having a little fun with it. Just started it. Um, Played some Outriders. Got further in Outriders than I ever have. Uh, games, okay. It's fun. Um, Are you playing it solo I, or with like some friends? I was playing with um, uh, Armistice. So uh, Armistice RJ was playing. Um, so I jumped in. I was like, ah, yeah. I was like, I'll download it and see see what it's about. Uh, or get back to it because really I started to play it when it first came out and they had like those a little bit of the struggles with the servers and I never went back and played it anymore. And then by the time I got to it, like Mark was like, I already beat the game like nine times. I was like, geez, cow. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, a um, little more uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. And I also played Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. What did you think about Blood Hunt? It's fun. It's yeah, very smooth. Me. Yeah. It's smooth. I'm trying to find out. I've been watching um actually I watched Darkness 429. It's like mainstreamer I watch. He's he's been playing a lot of solos. The solos is actually a very good mode because you can come back after death. So like if you make a mistake, there's still like a one more chance. And I think you can actually go and like consume one of the people and get another extra life so you can get an extra life in in the solo match so it's kind of kind of neat um i think it's got a neat concept i like the verticality of it um the guns feel nice trying to figure out if people are already cheating is kind of a question mark (laughs) um I'm not into those lobbies yet because I'm I'm assuming there's like an MMR, like that, you know, there's some sort of you know it's checking like how good you know what I mean, what am I trying to say? Like I'm sorry, I'm slipping my mind right now, but yeah, when as far as the lot yeah, trying to like put you in with people that you're like on equal level with. Yeah, equal, yeah. So like what lobbies are you getting into and stuff? Um I see Tim playing and I feel I'm seeing people who are cheating. Um, but I can't really say it cause it's not like straightforward shooting across the map through the buildings type of stuff, but people not taking damage is the thing that I see the most. Um, I haven't seen that one yet, but I've only been, well, how long has it been out? Cause I've only been playing it for a few days now and a week or two. Okay. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't want to say there there is, but I don't know like what um like what software they're using for their anti-cheat. But uh I feel like I, I've seen some weird stuff just watching like Tim play. So um yeah. But also been playing that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, a couple of weeks is long enough for the cheaters to figure a backdoor in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'll be, it'll be, I mean, it'll be sad if it turns into like, 
like a Call of Duty level because that that was just so bad. People just stopped playing it because they're like, yeah, I'm not playing this anymore. Good. The cheating's just too bad. Like you wouldn't get into a lobby without a cheater. And that's bad. This one here. Yeah. 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 Well, like Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. It's like there was a cheater and everything. It's gotten a lot better now. But I mean, there for a while was just every match you were in was there was a cheater. It was insane. Um, but this one here, again, it's like it is very hard to tell. So maybe they're not. Maybe they're just good or maybe it's like a like a delay issue or something. But when you're shooting somebody and, and they kill you and they they don't heal up or do anything, it's like, are they full, like full health and didn't take any health? So, but uh well, you have the body it. armor, so you don't think is the numbers not popping up at all, or you're just noticing like they're not. I I've just seen a lot of bullets go into people, and still win a fight, and just the you know, and this is of course Tim playing, going, what did I just see here? Like what what just happened? It's it's like too too weird to be like a coincidence type thing, but then it's like right. well you kind of spectate them for a little bit and they're not using aim. That's the thing is they're not using aim bots. It's more of like they're, they got something where they just don't take damage. So, um, yeah, it's kind of weird. Keep your eyes open for it, but yeah, it's probably um, going to play tonight. So something I'll probably definitely keep an eye out for. Yeah. Like, I wish they would just bring it to Xbox. Like, I don't know why they haven't. I don't yeah. know what their reasoning is for that. Okay, it's annoying because, like, I I don't really like playing with keyboard and mouse, right? So I still play with my Xbox controller on my computer, and all the command prompts are PlayStation controller prompts. So yeah. they're coming up with the square and the X and the triangle, and yeah, it just gets a little bit confusing there. But yeah, I mean, I wish they would just bring it to Xbox console altogether. Yeah, I. I have to bring this up now. You don't like using keyboard or mouse to play games, but yet you can hook up and use your MIDI keyboard <laughs> to Unreal Engine 5. I'm just saying you well, use a keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if we could use a keyboard to play Vampire Masquerade, then I'm all in. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just not a computer nice. keyboard. It's like a keyboard. Music keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, traditional keyboard with the yeah. B-pads and the, the um, knobs and stuff on it. Yeah. All right. I would like to see that. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure I can make it happen. Yeah. But cool. Um, but yeah, that's what we've been playing. Um, so for anybody out there listening to the show, please go out to your favorite podcast software Vote us as high as we can be voted. We appreciate it. Provide us some feedback. It's great. Um, helps us move up in the uh, list of podcasts. Um, so then we get more people listening. Um, Facebook group. I, I think, you know, Jonathan's on the Facebook group. Yep. You, you post things out there all the time. Um, what do you think about our Facebook group? Think they're a good group? Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty chill. Um, For the most part, everybody is pretty um, respectful of each other, right? So it's probably one of the only groups. Actually, I think right now it's the only 
gaming group that I'm in just because you don't get a lot of that riffraff that you get in other, you know, groups on the internet where they still want to hold on to the console wars and talk smack back and forth. I'm like, I just want to play games and read about games at the end of the day. Like, I don't care about who has what. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's nice to hear, like, from somebody, because I say it every week, like, it's like, hey, you know, we got an awesome Facebook group, you know, out there, and it's it's nice to hear somebody else's opinion on it, um, because it really is good. And, I mean, for, you know, those other groups, just remember, Xbox has got no games. Um, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I think uh, that's what, that's how I found you guys' this group. I think it was during, actually, the launch of the Xbox One, right? And then... Mm-hmm all the groups I was in was just toxic to the core. And it's like, I heard you guys' podcast and then just found you guys on Facebook and just been with you guys ever since. And it's one of those places of the internet where you're, you know, you can post stuff and you're not going to get a bunch of, you know, regrets about it. Cause people are like talking smack or Xbox has no games or this and that. And yeah. the third, it's like, you could just post and talk like adults yes adult you know being an adult it's a crazy concept in in the world of of social media i i think social media just takes that and you know you have to leave your adultness at the at the door for some reason in social media and being in places where actually people act like adults is actually nice i i greatly appreciate it <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i mean social media doesn't have to be like that it's annoying that it is but you know there's some good spots out there yes yep very true um so our facebook group if you go to facebook.com search for this xbox life uh it's a closed group which is probably one of the reasons maybe why it's a good group um but we do let you in you just request answer a few questions i think we had a a request I think this week and they didn't answer questions or if they maybe answered them later, but just remember to answer those questions because that's what will get you in the door. Um, if you're not a fan of Facebook or social media, we do also have a discord, which some there's been one or two users in there active recently. If you go to discord.thisxboxlife.com, that will take you right there and you can pop in and, you know, have conversations there as well. Um, if you would like to get your voice in the show, um, outside of being invited as a guest, like Mr. Winbush here, um, you can go and send us either an email as in text form. You can send us an email, which is audio form. If you record your voice, um, or you can go to our website and send us a, uh, voicemail through the site. Um, so each way to do that. Emailing is contact at this xboxlife.com. Uh, if you would like to send the voicemail using through the site, if you go to this xboxlife.com, click send voicemail, that'll be there. Um, and we do have one voice. Is it it? It better not be Silo again, but um, hey, gentlemen, it's Silo here. Uh, <laughs> I posted on the Facebook group earlier today about um, different podcasts to listen to that was video game related. So thanks to Mark for giving me some options. Um, I was listening to one episode from one of the ones that he recommended. They were saying that they, they were talking about um, canceling or stopping games for old gen systems. So strictly focusing on new gen systems. So I was just kind of curious what your guys' thoughts and opinions are on we're not, we're now what two year, almost two years 
into uh, the new gen systems. Um, at what point do you believe that we should stop making games for the older gen systems and strictly focus on those next gen systems? Um, I understand like it's hard to get like a PS5, a Series X. Um, every time I go to my local targets around me, I mean, I always see Series S's in there. So um, I think that has a lot to do with these delay of games is the fact that they are focusing so much on having to create the game for, you know, four different systems. And if they could just focus on now the next gen, then we probably would be able to have games on time and quit with these delays. So I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are and opinions uh, when it comes to at what point do we stop making games um, for the older generation systems. So yeah, just curious what your thoughts are. Uh, thanks again for doing the show. Appreciate everything you guys do. Um, Mark, hope you're feeling better and you guys take care. We'll talk to you soon. Silo out. And uh, I was joking silo. I knew it was you. So that's why I had to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so what do you guys, I, I know my answer to this one, but what do you, what do you guys think? Mark, do you want to go first? Um, I think it's it's tough because, especially this generation, because we are seeing that it's harder to get the new consoles. So I think they, it's tough to push and drop support for those too soon. However, those consoles have been out now for a long time, and you know everything eventually does move forward. Um, I think Microsoft said two years. So, you know, at the end of this year, they're, they're going to basically do the same thing. Um, and which they've already, <coughs> I, I think they've already done that. I mean, like with flight simulator, you know, they made it through the cloud is their backwards compat. So um, I think Microsoft's got a really good opportunity to do that in house and say, we're just going to develop, for here because they can still put that stuff in the cloud. Right. Um, so with that, I think it allows companies to do things quicker and move forward and focus on current or, you know, the, the newest or the current, you know, the new gen, I guess, but uh, it's still tough for people that are stuck in the older ones. You don't want to lose out on gaming because you can't get the hardware. So it's, it's a tough call, but you know, those that have had the hardware too for almost two years, it's like, we want this new stuff that was promised, you know? Yeah. yeah. I still love that my game boots up immediately. I mean, I do not miss that on the old system. I mean, that alone was worth the 500 bucks, but <laughs> it'll be nice to see some future games taking full use of the hardware, which we I don't really think we've fully seen yet. Well, I know it's coming. I think Warner Brothers this week just announced that was it the Batman game that's coming out? They said they're killing it on last gen. It's only going to be um, current gen now. So yep. I think we're we're starting to see it come. It's, um as Mark was saying, like I'm biased because I do always have the latest and greatest. You know, I usually pre-order and get the, the new consoles when they drop within, you know, a week or two. And so like I've been ready for it. Like, you know, me personally, I'm always like, give it to me now because this is what I bought the system for. But, you know, I also sympathize with people that haven't been able to get them. But on the flip side, you could have pre-ordered it, right? And guaranteed that you got one. So 
Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. But me personally, I say, you know, drop last gen and let's keep it moving. I mean, we would have got a better cyberpunk if that was the case, right? Yeah. Maybe. I think so. I think the reason they flopped was because, and this is why, you know, a lot of companies are actually delaying their games is because they're still trying to develop for last gen consoles as well, which it's hard to put your best foot forward when you're developing for the latest and greatest. And then you have to kind of go back and kind of decimate some of the, the game there to make sure it runs properly on the older hardware. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, I mean, for me, I know it, it, for me, the, the max is like a two year max, but really my answer is soon as, is as soon as possible. And I really think that tier max is kind of put in there for the people who are or who have been developing their game for, you know, their two or three years in their development. And they only have like maybe a year left or so in their development. And they have chosen not to just dump everything they've already done, you know, like or, or you know, moving to another console. Who knows what like the differences are porting it over and things like that. So. Really, I think that's, you know, kind of my answer is as soon as possible. But that two years, I think, is just to let everybody kind of clean their, you know, clean slate, go move forward. Um, well, it's a, it's a good thing that they don't use the um, the target of when the OS of the console stops getting updated, then we'll stop developing for it since the 360 just got an update. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> What was That's that crazy update? right there? So. I didn't even read what it was for because it's like 360. Like, yeah, I haven't That's had crazy. that thing plugged in in ten years. A decade, <laughs> you know yeah. I wonder if it's because of the backwards compatibility stuff, like for some games or something that are backwards compat. Maybe they needed to update the OS on there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't look at it. I just kind of chuckled. I'm like, really? You know, that's insane. But, uh, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I sit there and I kind of look at, for me, it's hard because even with the console shortages and stuff like that, I just look at it and be like, well, what's other than the benefits of the speed and things like that? Because that's really the only benefits there are if there isn't any launch like, you know, launch titles that are built specifically for the new console, which I think is something that, Every generation, I think, except for this one had, you know, it was 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 a launch title that was only for for the new console. Um, But I, I think what that does is when you're like, oh, yeah, for the next years, like all these exclusives are going to be on both the old and the new. I'm just like, well, then what's why do I get a new one if the only benefit is a little bit of, gra- of a graphic bump from you know, 1080 to 1440 or to 4k, you know, if you don't have a 4k TV, then it is literally just the speed of the, of the update, you know, or the speed of like installing your game or loading your game. Well, usually I mean, you I, get a solid 60 frames per second too on this. Well, that, yeah. FPS, you know, I know there, I know there's some of those little items, but it's like, is that a $500? Is that worth $500? You know, what's, what's, what's driving me? to that and i kind of look at you know maybe more on the sony side you know they just released 
Forbidden West, which was on both their next big title that they keep talking about, God of War, is supposed to be out this year. But, I mean, nobody knows because they haven't really seen anything yet. But if it gets pushed to 2023... I mean, that means your console, your new console has been out for three years and they're still putting that one out on PS4. You did know, they say that one's it. coming to PS4? Yeah, it is. Oh, did they? Yeah. So, and that's, that's the part where I'm like, well, why? Sony's still making PS4s. That is true. They are. See, we're, Microsoft isn't making Xbox Ones anymore. That's true. So yeah. that, that's another thing too, is like when, when you have a company that says, hey, we're going to continue to make the old system. Because they can't pump out enough of the new ones. Right. I mean, to me, that seems like people want the new one. They don't, that, that doesn't make sense. But a lot of things Sony's doing these days doesn't make, seem to make sense. But yeah. if people, you can't make enough of the new ones that everyone wants. So you're going to give them more old ones, which everyone already has. Like that just doesn't make sense. Well, I and kind of see that because I remember the PS2 going into the PS3, 360 era they were still making PlayStation 2s because they were still selling really big in South America, potentially, I want to say Brazil. But for some reason, in some of those, re- well, probably because of cost, right? But in a lot of those regions, I guess they were buying the PS2 still, even though the PS3 was out, probably because they couldn't afford a PS3 in those areas. So that's why I think Sony does stuff like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I Yeah. I always think of like, you, uh, I don't think of other regions and how, yeah, that's a very valid point. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I look at that. I mean, there, even with a shortage, you know, what Xbox is like 14 million, almost 14 or almost 15 million. I think, I think Sony's like pushing that 20 million mark. I mean, God of War, if it was PlayStation 5 only, the uh, first God of War only sold or, you know, sold about 25 million copies of the game. And that's including on PC. So it's like, you know, you're still going to have enough consoles out there to, you know, kind of meet that number. But I mean, it depends on that attach rate. Not everybody that has that console is going to buy that game, I guess. But then I sit there and look at like, well, all they talk about is how awesome PlayStation games are, which God of War is great. I can't believe it doesn't sell a hundred million copies, you know, because there's a hundred million, 119 million PS4s out there. I can't believe the first one didn't sell a hundred million copies. It only sold 25. I'm just, that blows my mind that not everybody bought a copy of that game. Um, but yeah, I yeah. mean, you have a good amount of people that buy a system for strictly one game. You know, you like, you have your people that buy Madden every year and that's it. <laughs> Call Ready of Duty. Buy Call of Duty. Yeah. So, <laughs> I can see why that's the case. Yeah. True. Or even your Grand Theft Autos, I mean, their their numbers are more in line <laughs> with, you know, <laughs> hundred and fifty million. Yeah. Hundred and fifty million GTA fives. That's that's nuts. That's nuts. So um the three sixty update <coughs> it what it was was supposedly two people seriously two people reported an issue on the 360 where pins weren't working and that's what the update they actually went and fixed that issue with the pins and um it says here uh, or in the article they were like it was pretty impressive to see a company issue an update on a console that's over 15 years old 
But that's what it was for, was to resolve an issue that was reported by two people. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pretty cool. in, in the development world, when you have your pipelines all set up for things like when you just fix bugs and kind of everything happens automatically and things get pushed out where they need to go. I mean, that might have been a 10 minute fix for somebody, you know, and it just they just check it in and it just runs through their, you know, their pipelines and pushes it out. So it might yeah, have it's weird to think that. If you plugged in your 360 today, it would require an update. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's still cool. They went back and did it because, <clears throat> you yeah. know, most places would just say, well, that technology is 20 years old. Why are you still using it? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really neat that they did it, though. It is funny still. But, uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Silo, for the for the email or for the voicemail. So, and, uh, I think we can move on. Cool. Um, so uh, real quick, we did have a story in here and it, it relates to silos, uh, question or voicemail. Um, looks like Test Drive Unlimited Solar Crown is now been changed to it's only coming out on next gen hardware as well. So Test Drive Unlimited, and that's going to be coming in next year in 2023. <coughs> so there's another one that uh, uh, Xbox One and PS4 will not be seeing. But um, the this one I didn't know about this. I was talking with Jonathan before the show, and it's something he's been looking forward to. But Warner Brothers is making a game called Multiverse Versus, and it's basically a like a Smash Brother, <coughs> excuse me, Super Smash Bros, but with Warner characters. So this, you know, I'm just looking at the the screenshot. They got like. Shaggy and Batman, uh, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, and as it's <laughs> Adventure Time, and so they're you know Warner Brothers has a huge catalog of characters to put into a Smash Bros type of game. Um, and I don't giant. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I it, think he is in there. I want to say, yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, it's gonna be. Also, it's going to be free to play and it's going to um, have like battle passes. So there's going to be the free and the premium. So it's going to be, you know, very similar to kind of the battle royale battle pass type of thing, which I think is cool. I like that because <coughs> you can play it and support, the, you know, the developers. Yeah. If it's something you really like, I Braun asked me the other day, how many, how many freaking skins do you have in Fortnite? And I'm like, I've spent a lot of money in this game you know so and that's that doesn't even include that i paid 150 dollars for the game originally because i remember the original fortnite was only a solo or as a campaign mode it wasn't but this was before battle royale and i bought the like founders i was in as a founder and bought the version that gave i gave a copy to braun and to rob and uh so their copies came from me flipping out so much money for the game, but I was so hooked. And then the battle Royale came out and it's like, that's all I play. But I put, so I probably put more than that into, <laughs> into V bucks and character skins. 
but uh so they're going to have uh, another kind of battle pass like that so if you're familiar with that uh you can look look forward to that too i don't know if they've got a um i mean it's a huge article um and i don't i didn't get to read the whole thing uh, but uh, there's a closed alpha preview uh going on <coughs> right now until the 27th of may um i don't know if they've got a release date other than later this year yeah i haven't uh, seen anything official yet yeah, yeah open open beta july 2022 so that's open beta so official release will probably be after that but they might run in beta for a while yeah i think i'm probably in the fall sometime maybe yeah maybe a nice like september would be a nice time to release i think kind of get ahead of the uh holiday rush because usually september is when things start flowing in now yeah yeah. is there going to be a holiday rush this year (laughs) i i don't know (laughs) no november 22 is wide open if anybody needs that date yeah that is true really surprised (laughs) by that one yeah yeah. Or was it 11 11 22? 11 11. Uh, yeah, it was 11 yeah. 11. November 11th yeah. is wide open. <laughs> so, yeah. But, so. um, and then, uh, another thing too that <coughs> something I hadn't heard of, but there was a, we had an Xbox exclusive, timed exclusive launch on Xbox and PC this week. And it's called Arma, Arma Reforger. This launched, uh, Tuesday as a, <laughs> Again, I apologize, everybody, for the coughing. Um, I'm still still getting over this so cold. Um, earlier, the um, so this Arma Reforger that came out this week is kind of like an early access um, because that's the way it went on Steam, and then, <coughs> geez, Xbox Game Preview on Xbox Series X, um, and uh, and S, and again, no no last gen version here. So here's another game that's current gen only. But this is going to showcase the whole, I guess the point of this, it's going to showcase the potential of a new infusion engine. I wonder what, what is an engine? I need to find out. But anyways, there's something (laughs) called an infusion engine that's going to be in Arma 4. Um, So this is basically, this game is built on that. And it's kind of, yeah, so it's basically meant to showcase what's coming in their future game. Um, and you can actually, there is a free trial available on the Xbox store. So you can actually try it out before you buy it. Um, but it is $30 US and 25 gosh, I never remember. Pounds. It, pounds. Pounds. Yeah. So, so it's still not that expensive, but that's available today if, if uh, you're interested. Oh, yeah, I've, I was watching some gameplay on that, and they actually opened it up to let people create things. Because if people don't remember, like Daisy, was it like Daisy was built on the original Arma? You know, that was like a, like a, um, oh my gosh, I, I'm just struggling today. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> um, what am I thinking of? It was like a um, mo- uh, mod for for Arma and stuff like that. I think is what Daisy was built off of. And if then if you think Daisy had something that was like a battle royale, which then started PUBG, which then started Fortnite, which then started you know it's like 
all that stuff comes like down that line from from the modding community. So they actually opened it up to see what people can make. And it's got it's a neat concept, which is something I've always wanted to see in a uh, like a first person shooter, like a, like a little bit of strategy put into it. So like instead of a game that took takes one round, it was something that took like a week or a month to do. So you would like do battles or whatever for territory, like in a country. And those battles would go on for days. So you you would jump into a server and, and go out and to accomplish, you know, a goal or something like that, like go capture this point. And maybe that point is held by, you know, the other faction. And what it is, is, you know, your thing might be just to sit in the server for, you know, the time that you want to play and hold down a point or go take another point and then just have that stuff, you know, almost like a war go on over a month or so is some, is a game that I think would be pretty neat for like hardcore simulated, you know, sim type people. But, um, I'm curious. I I saw like a mode that was kind of like that. I was like, you know, you go with your buddies on your server and it could just be four of you and you go and start taking, objectives or doing stuff while four other people are on the other side of the map taking objectives. So it was, it was neat. And so I'm really kind of, you know, excited now for, for Arma, like Arma four. So, um, but yeah, that was pretty neat. So, um, so I wanted to add something because I hear it a lot before we, we, we talk about the unreal, unreal and stuff. the, I know Starfield and um, Red Redfall were both delayed, but am I crazy in thinking that all of Xbox's like first-party games are just not those two? Like, is am I crazy to think that in June, you know, they're going to give us or tell us that some stuff is coming out this year, or? were those the only two games we ever had any hope for coming out this year? <laughs> am I, am I just kind of off my rocker? A, <laughs> because Starfield is such a, everyone is looking forward to it. Oh, it's I know that. Like me too. Yeah. Me you too. Know, so. And I think the, the biggest, most of the bad news is just coming from the Sony fanboys. I think, yeah, there's some Xbox fanboys that are upset too. Um, I mean, I'm a little aggravated. Like, rightfully so well, i think we all should be a little disappointed but i mean again being disappointed and saying well okay you know take the time you need because you can't release a crappy game you know because a crappy game is always crappy yeah but, like uh, jonathan mentioned do we want another cyberpunk no we don't do we, I, do we want another halo infinite that despite it being a good game and a great multiplayer it that's it like that what it, it stalled after that. And we still almost a year later don't have everything that was promised. So, right. you know, I, and now it's got like a real negative, you know, connotation to it. It's like, it really tarnished the success that it was. Yeah. <clears throat> and they don't want this for a brand new franchise in yeah. Starfield. So, and, and Redfall doesn't surprise me. It was supposed to be launching already here in the next yeah. month or two, and we hadn't seen even gameplay of it. So yeah, I was, I, I was I, surprised that one I didn't that expect. It was even coming out this year because I'm like, we've seen nothing of it except for that announcement trailer <laughs> last right. year. Right. 
Well, so, people still don't even know what kind of game it is. You know, yeah. people are saying, well, is it first person, third person? I've heard it's like a Borderlands. I've heard it's like a, a Back for Blood. I, you know, <laughs> nobody even knows what it is. So, yeah. Yeah. For it to be coming out now is a, would be a little crazy. Starfield even... is the big one. I don't yeah. think anyone cares about Redfall, really. Well, I think they could have got away without saying anything about Redfall because I don't think anybody even knew that it was coming out this year. Because the first thing people were saying, like, it was when was it coming out? Like, we didn't realize it yeah. was coming out this year. So I think they yeah. could have just made the Starfield announcement and let that be. But, yeah, I don't know. That was that was a weird one to attach to it. Yeah. They, just, they probably did because everybody was like, well – Okay, so what do we got? And then people probably, oh, well, they've got that Redfall thing coming out this year. Right. And then it would have been a back, they would have had to come back and go, oh, yeah, no, that one isn't either. So, <clears throat> because, yeah. you know, that's, I think we talked about it last week about what, because that's what everybody's looking at. It's like, well, what do you have? Because last year we had, what, Horizon 5 and Halo right at the end of the year. And there was a couple other things in there, but um, we actually had quite a few from, what flight sim came out in the june or something right and you know and 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 it was like that just kind of there was a bunch of stuff but we don't really know much those are like the only two things that we really knew coming from first party and so now it's like well we don't know of anything other than the not discussed um the one that went on i can never remember the name of the game the playstation one that had the year exclusive oh definitely um Deathloop. Deathloop. Yeah, Deathloop's coming. So, I mean, that should show up in September, but I don't think they can talk about it because it has a year exclusive on Sony. So they probably can't even tell us in June that, hey, we know this game's coming out in September, but we can't say it until yeah. the day it, the exclusive ends. Then they can probably start marketing the crap out of it. But we but we do have that, games coming this year, though, right? Like, we have Scorn supposed to come out this year, right? S- supposedly, Scorn... Um, we're, we're hopefully Forza, um, Deathloop. Um, there's another one. Um, I'm guessing, do you think the Outer Worlds 2 come out this year? No. 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 That's way off. Yeah. Yeah. Because even last year, they were in, the, in that trailer. They're like, here's a game we don't even have a storyline for. Yeah. We don't even develop. Yeah, I guess that's but true. We're going to have cool stuff. It was, you know, it was... Uh, that thing's not going to be out probably till 2025 or later, but <clears throat> I don't, I don't expect fable to be out anytime soon. Um, uh, avowed. I don't, is not coming anytime soon. Elder Scrolls is not going to be anytime soon. Um, we've got the project, um, oh, about by one, the girl spy. Oh, um, project perfect, dark, perfect, dark, perfect, dark. Yeah. That that's, totally gone bust yeah so like that's that whole, be they, for a while yeah that's that's gone for a while so you know the you know what what do we have um, what about help lead too you know that one oh that should release i i'm that's what if i get the thing doesn't come out this year what the heck they've been talking that thing up for years that right. was that was announced before the actual console was relaunched or announced yeah yeah, and they're still working on it. It's like, all right, guys. So that's one I think they need to come out in June and say, 
all right, well, we can't do, we're not, you're not getting these, but Hellblade is coming, period. Yeah. You know, I mean, they even showed off in-game stuff at the last, what is it, the Video Game Awards? And that, that looked phenomenal. Holy crap. Yeah. You know, it looked like cutscene, but it wasn't. It was gameplay. So. Yeah, there's yeah. Stalker, Stalker Two. Isn't isn't that that, to be, that what, got canceled? That got delayed. That's because of the the war, because that's a Ukrainian developer. Oh, uh, it didn't get canceled. They just pushed it. Yeah, gotcha. sorry, not yeah. canceled. Delayed is what yeah. I meant. I just, so, yeah. The, the reason why I brought this up because uh, you know I just listen to everybody like other podcasts and stuff, and this isn't like a you know hater type talk either. It's just like, it was like, oh, there goes the two games. Like, Xbox has nothing. I mean, like, when I say nothing, I'm talking about, like, well, Xbox has no first-party games. Like, and people are rightfully getting a little upset where it's like, you keep telling us next year. It's like that sign in a bar that says, free beer tomorrow. Right. You go in and it still says, free beer tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's like, don't worry, guys. Next year is going to be great. And I'm just like, I, I just have this feeling like they knew it was going to be delayed. They announced that they're doing their show. And all I can think of is there's going to be three games announced at that show or more where they're going to say they're come. These are exclusives from our first parties that are coming out this year. Well, here's the other side of the story too. I've also heard that what they have 35 developing houses. Yeah. Every single one of them contributed content for the, for the showcase. Uh, so geez. there now it doesn't mean all of those are supposed to be out this year right yeah true but there's a there's they've got a hell of a lot of content now <clears throat> they are they are gonna have to start getting some stuff out yeah. because their goal i mean you got to look at it that microsoft's model now is the netflix model i mean that's really what they want they're not putting these games out to, to sell them for 60 bucks they're putting them out to get people to come in and pay $15 a month to be in game pass. Right. And that's, you know, and if, and what happens when I've heard this, there's been uh sorry, I keep, I'm jumping ahead in my brain. I've heard about, there's been studies done. Netflix paid, I guess, to do a study of why people keep Netflix. And it, it turns out that, People keep their Netflix subscription not because of what's on Netflix, but because what's coming to Netflix. Right. You know, it's like, okay, I just watched this show. Oh, look, this is coming out. Ooh, I want and I want that. You know, they're constantly Netflix sends emails out every month. Here's what's coming next month. You know, and that stuff comes out, you know, and people stay because there's always new content. Well, Microsoft, unfortunately, is, you know, learning i think that right now that you know you're not going to get people to jump in if you can't keep consistent content coming in and you can't always rely on third party you know right and i I think what they're probably doing now is scrambling to get some third party to (coughs) that has something coming out i've heard gotham knights mentioned um possibly hogwarts and it wouldn't be exclusive but microsoft might have to open the checkbook and say we want you to launch day and date into Game Pass, you know. So maybe we'll end up getting a third party title because we're not getting those. Yeah. Um, which, as a Game Pass member, it's like okay, it still gives me games for free, you know, quote free. But Microsoft's going to have to get all of their studios in some type of cycle 
that we can get consistent first party content coming in there. Right. I just, you know, when it comes to E3 and I've said it and I think everybody's pretty much liked it is every time there's an E3, which is kind of what their showcase coming up is, is either E3 presentation. I always liked it because it's like, this is what's coming out between this E3 and next E3. Maybe with a couple things sprinkled in that is like, you know, maybe the fall after the next E3, but always usually within that 12 to 18 months, you know, type well, of window. That was and, Xbox that would do that. Sony yeah, could show you stuff five years down the road. Well, right. I mean, yeah, that, I mean, Sony came out with, you know, showed the God of War splash screen and said 2021. And now it's delayed to 2022. And we still haven't seen anything. You know, so like, is it coming out this year? Will you please just tell us, you know, if it's coming out this year? It, and most people think it's going to get pushed to 2023. Again, take the time you need to make a game, you know. But with that and also with this, it's like it does get a little tiresome to hear dates. And it's like, well, that's the date before the first delay. You know, and then and then they say it again. But it's like, well, that's they say that, but it's probably going to be a month or two after because they're going to need a couple more months of polish, you know? So it's like, when has somebody ever hit a date recently with anything? And, and you, you know, know I understand. Because of I the know. situation of the world. I mean, I, yeah. I understand that too, but we're getting that, to that point that, now where, you know. That excuse isn't going to last much I've long. been working from home for two years now. Like, meh, you know, so. 12, 12 here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I mean, <laughs> yeah, Jonathan, I agree with you. I know that's that's some point, but that's kind of the yeah. thing. It's like, man, you know, and and I just get a little nervous if if this showcase doesn't have a couple things that are coming this year. Everything they're going to show is next year and beyond. So it's like, oh, well, is it next year and beyond, or is it actually not next year? But it's like it's next year until you tell us it's next year. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? it's like it's getting thing, very frustrating. One thing I remember Phil was saying before is like he doesn't like announcing stuff too far out because he learned you'll get burned when you do yeah. that. So they yeah. want to announce stuff when it's right around the corner, like pretty much close to going gold. Um, yeah. You know, the of course, you know, I said the pandemic that's going to throw some hiccups right. in there, but I don't think they make the announcement about Starfield unless they had other stuff in the chamber. Like I feel like the A3, I guess, you know, in quotes, they're going to announce some stuff that's coming to Game Pass, you know, either this uh, fall or end of the year, because I think they wanted to get the negative conversation out first, you know, try to get ahead of that before E3. So by the time E3 happens, it's, you know, they're not, people don't forget, but you know how news cycles go. It's like, you know, here today, something else tomorrow. So I feel like they wanted to get that out now before E3. So people aren't really shocked by it. And then they could just kind of, you know, harp on the stuff that hopefully, you know, is going to come out end of year or maybe even sooner. I just, it, the and the other thing is for the people, and this isn't PlayStation people, this is actually Xbox people saying that Phil Spencer needs to be fired because of this. Uh, oh. Go somewhere else. Just hand in your Xbox card. I mean, you're fired. He practically <laughs> turned the ship around, right? Because I know. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I mean, it was to the point they were ready to sell off the Xbox division. Yeah, I mean, that that's just silly. I mean, you know, like we just said, got, you know, God of War has been delayed already. And it's like, you know, Jim Ryan should be fired for those delays. Like 
so was Gran Turismo was delayed and for, you know Horizon was delayed and it's like shouldn't be calling for those guys it's not like he's sitting down and you know doing the animations for these games like you know it, those machines run on their own and have their own people taking care of that but yeah sorry I wanted to throw that I didn't mean to for it to go on for 20 minutes but I just it's just those things that it's just you hear it over and over and over. And it's just, it just kind of gets frustrating to hear like, Oh, there's nothing. There's nothing. I was like, you wait, I really do think you're right, Jonathan. I think something's going to be said on in June. And I almost wanted to say like, I feel like there's going to be a one more thing and I would love for it to be fable. And I would love for it to be like, Oh yeah, by the way, it's out in two weeks, like type of thing. I know. I just, <laughs> last, I just, last you know, year we just got the frog. That was it. Like, was we haven't even ago. seen gameplay of that. That was two years ago. Yeah, they didn't show anything last year, I don't think. Oh, nope. so we still don't even, yeah, we've got no gameplay from it. We don't have to see, I, see, and that's the other thing. Don't have to see, we well, don't have to see I gameplay. I get it. Yeah. But I mean, people don't have to see um, it to believe it's real. You know, it's, <laughs> so. I think well, people forget to, like, the beginning of the last. Um, you know, hardware cycle with like, you know, um, Xbox One and PlayStation 4, like Xbox, they front loaded all their exclusives, right? Like they had them all out the gate, but Sony was relying on like the indies, but they were able to leverage, you know, that, you know, Sony loves indies and that's how they were able to kind of keep people intrigued in their platform until they were able to get the ball rolling with the back to back exclusives, which took a couple of years. So, I think it's like we're kind of seeing that with Xbox. Like they have so many studios. I feel like, you know, once the ball gets rolling, they're just going to keep dropping. But in this intermission time, they need to figure out how to work on their branding because that's something that they haven't been good at. Like, okay, they don't have any exclusives right now. What can they use to kind of, you know, pivot their platform and keep people engaged? Because that's what Sony did last time. Like they had no exclusives the first couple of years, but they were able to leverage like, well, we support the indies and, you know, indies love our platform and they were able to skate on that for like a year or two. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I don't want Xbox to kind of do the Sony thing right now, which is we're just going to keep remaking the same game over and over and over, you know, well, they don't have to do that, but they do have a lot of games on game pass, which I think they need to message that better, right? Because, I mean, they're constantly dropping stuff on Game Pass. So there's stuff there. It's just not exclusive. But it doesn't have to be exclusive, right? Because, I mean, no. you're no. playing what you're going to play on. So, to me, it doesn't matter as long as I could play it, you know? Yeah. I, I think I think it, the thing is, like you're saying with third party or Mark was saying, it's like, you know, they need to open. They might have to open their checkbook and get it on Game Pass. I think Game Pass is like it. I think most of us as gamers, we don't care if it's a first party exclusive, but it is nice when it's like, but you don't have to buy it to play it type thing is it's included in your subscription. But yeah. All right. Very cool. Well, so, uh, my last comment on it is oh, I yep. still think I'm blaming Starfield's delay on creation engine too create <laughs> so yeah is that, I mean, that, is that your engine? point too oh see i would i would say if it was on unreal engine 5 it'd be done by now but redfall's <laughs> using unreal engine 5 so i guess that doesn't work <laughs> yeah well ue5 just literally dropped like a month or two ago like officially <laughs> came out so yeah and that's what i think that maybe they just 
it maybe it took longer for that to come out officially than planned and they still got work to do to to get that thing to be running just supreme on on unreal 5 so right yeah but even though the coalition's been working very very close with um with epic games and like yeah. their stuff the way that it's running on unreal 5 looks insane i don't know if you guys seen like the tech demo and uh the god of war matrix demo thing that they did no that um well coalition did work on the matrix but they also did like a like a god of war tech demo um thing on unreal 5 that looked pretty crazy yeah i, th- I did I, not see yeah i think i saw that i think yeah that one came I'm out thinking before of the, right the matrix <clears throat> oh i know what you're talking about yeah yeah wasn't that like yeah i yeah it it looks pretty amazing but, but the, what what is an engine? I mean, what is that, Jonathan? Um, <laughs> so I mean, it's technically just a term, right? I mean, just in like software development, like they call it an engine because that's what drives everything at the end of the day. So I mean, it's just another term for a program, right? Like you would have like After Effects is a program, or like Cinema 4D or Maya is a 3D program. So like a game engine is technically just a program at the end of the day, but I think they call it an engine because that's what's going to drive your interactive experience. It's also, it's also a large set of tools, right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. Or kind of the platform people can build tools for. So like, I always think of unreal engine as visual studio, you know, like visual studio as a IDE slash platform i use to develop my you know my web applications and things like that so. yes 100 percent, and uh, it's almost like a like the engine is the main part of the car right it's what drives yeah. everything else and so it's kind of like a game engine is pretty much like the final piece that brings all your pipeline together so no matter if you're like an audio engineer you know you all your audio would go into the game engine um, 3D modelers, all your models go into the game engine, um, textures. Um, yeah, like basically everybody that works at your your company, they're all going to be making stuff and assets that are eventually going to be brought into this engine. Yeah. Um, I have like, see, this is the developer part of me. I have like 500 questions already. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, because my, my first thing is, and I kind of want to like, I kind of want to ask a question and throw out what I'm thinking, and you can kind of just tell me if I'm right and wrong, and then correct me. Uh, but as far as an engine, you know, Ep- Epic builds the un- it owns the Unreal Engine. Yes, um, it's kind of a joke I made. What was a couple of days ago? Marcus playing. It's like, oh, this game looks so pretty, or you know, and I was like, yeah, it's like it'd be be cool, you know, if they would write their own engine or something like that. And then they could just sell it to people, <laughs> you know, like joking because it's written in unreal five um, or runs in unreal. You know, I think they did the latest update to Fortnite was in unreal five. So um, yeah. 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 So, so on Epic is one of the larger well-known engines. What are some of the other big ones? Like that people like it used to have one, right? I think it, Turned into Unreal, if I have my history right. Right. Okay. I thought I thought they had ID Tech. I thought that's what it was. I thought ID had their own 
because wasn't Qu- wasn't Quake under ID and then Unreal like Unreal Tournament and stuff, which was yeah, kind of that tournament. counter was that counter to 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 Quake and or because like Quake Arena and then Unreal Tournament and but Unreal Tournament was written on Unreal Engine, that's why it was called that way. I think I'm getting my my game engine history mixed up because John John Carmack. Like he was at yeah. id software, but he also wrote Unreal, if I remember yeah. right. <laughs> I think so. Id Tech Six is the current multi-platform game engine developed by id Software. Okay. Oh, so it's still in active development. Yeah. Yeah. Id Tech Five was first used in 2016 for Doom. Yeah, the new Doom, the Doom games are written on id Tech. Oh, right, interesting. Ones, right. Yeah. But that's, yeah. I mean, that's one of the big ones. And I'm trying to think, like, what are the other ones? Because some, you know, some developers write their own engines. Yeah. And they, that's you know. a lot of times that is for, um, so you have, well, for the first and foremost is so you don't have to pay royalties. Licensing. Right? Yeah. Licensing, yeah. Like, yeah. I, I remember with Metal Gear, they wrote that Fox engine because they wanted to have full control over their royalties and licensing and everything. And they didn't want to pay royalties to Epic games, which I mean, they're lenient, but with like Epic, you don't have to pay royalties for your, your game unless you make a million dollars worth of revenue, which, you know, like middle gear, of course is going to make that. But for indie developers, that's huge because if your game only makes like $800,000, then you you know you keep one hundred percent of the profits, and even if you do hit that million, I don't think you start paying royalties till after that first million dollars. And so, I know um, that's a big reason why you see like a lot of bigger game companies actually writing like their own game engines is for that fact that they have complete control over you know not sharing the profits on you know whenever they have like a big hit on their hands. Yeah, I, but I mean, is it, does that really save them any money? I mean, they got to be developing. I mean, spending crazy amounts of money to develop an engine, and then have to have those. I mean, how do you even get the people to to get trained on that? Right. Well, I think it, that's where they're very different, right? Yeah, we're starting to see a turnaround in that, right? Like EA, I think they just pretty much denounced the frostbite system finally, right? Just because they. They went through so many growing pains with releasing games on there and they'd be half-baked and people would say it's hard to develop on. And I mean, it's like, you know, if you're getting trained in school, like if you're going to like an art school or something and you're learning Unity and you're learning Unreal and then you go work at EA and you have to work on Frostbite and you're like, what the heck is this? And I've never seen this before. (laughs) Then you're just delaying a process and then... You know, if that person goes to another game studio, then it's like, well, we have our own game engine and you have to relearn that. I mean, it just it, it you lose money at the end of the day from keep training people. And then you also have to keep hiring the programmers that are going to upkeep your system, which I think that's what the Fox engine kept running into issues with trying to yeah. keep their stuff updated. So I feel like now with Unreal 5, they um you see a lot more companies starting to at, you know, denounced their old in-house engines and now they're, you know, going with Unreal 5. Plus, I mean, it's all programming and scripting, so you can still kind of take Unreal and make it your own at the end of the day, which that, you know, working off of an infrastructure that's already there is a lot easier than trying to keep maintaining something from scratch. Yeah, and, and that was kind of my thing about, like, some of these engines, you know, that are coming off of, I'm like, 
I'm wondering what they all started with their base. Like some people may start from scratch and build their own engine, but even as a developer, if I'm building an application, like I'm kind of building some functions and features and fun, you know, and functionality that I've seen or used before. Right. So I could always see people, you know, it might be the frostbite engine, but you might look at it and be like, man, this looks very much like unreal. It's not like they copied it or anything, but they, built the same functionalities and they just tweaked them and did a little bit different sometimes. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's well, tough to say because these companies keep this stuff in house. So it's like, like I would never be able to touch frostbite, right. Cause they don't make it openly available right. for yep. anybody to see. So I couldn't say like what it looks like or how it operates, but I know there are like CryEngine, that's open source. Right. And so yes. like even, um, Amazon, when they had their game studio, they took the CryEngine open source code and then they built Lumberjack on top of that, which Lumberjack was the in-house game engine for Amazon Studios there. So I know there are open source um, game engines out there like CryEngine, but I'm I'm going to say that I think most of the higher end AAA studios are kind of building these from scratch. Yeah. And what what was the... Who was the company or whatever that built their engine or that was like the big lawsuit between Epic and somebody else because it was like they literally found their code inside their engine or something? Do you remember oh, that? I, I do. I don't remember who that was, but I do I do remember that lawsuit, yeah. Yeah, who was that? I'm gonna have to try to look that up when um um But the thing is, man. um like Unreal I don't know if you would technically say it's open source, but they do give access to the code there so that you can, you know, develop your tools on top of it and kind of make it your own. So like if you really did want to dig in there and kind of do something like that, I guess the opportunity is there, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. Cause I mean, even like people design their plugins and stuff for unreal to kind of fit in and they sell those plugins, but yeah, some people can build on top of unreal, but I think you still have to pay, some of the licensing, you know what I mean? Right. Um, to, to do something like that, you, you know, it isn't open source, right? Um, it's almost like, uh, it's almost like the, um, freeware type thing. Oh yeah. You know, like you're saying, yeah, free Yeah. For your first million. And in really after that, I really don't even know what their percentage is. I don't think it's like a massive percentage. It's not, um, either. Like, cause I don't really do the game development side. I do more of the cinematics. So I don't know offhand the percentage um, on that, but I do know for like their marketplace, like, cause you know, you have the Unreal Engine, um, the marketplace where you could put up your plugins, you could put up your 3D assets, your textures, and you can actually sell them for use in Unreal Engine. And so I know the people that create stuff for the marketplace they take 80% of the profit and Epic Games only takes 20%, which I think is, I want to say it's the most lenient like in the industry as a whole for like any marketplace because usually the marketplace is taking more of a percentage, but, you know, Epic makes so much money off of Fortnite, you know, they can, you know, they can kind of take right. that head on there. Yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned Frostbite, EdTech, um, Unreal, obviously, what were what yeah. were some of the other engines? We have um, Unity is a big one Unity. because that's another yeah. one that people can freely download and and use. I'm not sure with the See, um, Unity is my is Microsoft and Unity actually uses I think C sharp 
Yeah, which is what I which is what I write is what I do <clears throat> um, for a lot of its stuff behind the scenes. You know. Yeah, so that's the big difference between like I would say like because they're freely available, like Unity and Unreal Engine are probably the two big ones because anybody you know like those companies make it so that anybody could download them and, you know, start to learn or build their experiences. But the big difference there is like you could do coding inside of Unreal Engine, but that's only if you really want to. Like at the end of the day, like um, I think they call it visual programming because like they use blueprints, which is a node based system. And then Unity, you're just straight up programming with um, is it C sharp or C plus plus? I can't I think it's C plus plus, but yeah, you're you're doing straight coding inside of there. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I it just you know when we're talking, like I said, you know, as far as being in IT, like these things are always very cool to me, even though I don't do them. But it's just kind of one of those things, like, ah, oh, man, you know, should I go and spend a year at like a boot camp or something and learn this stuff and jump? you know, jump over to game development. And a lot of people that take Unity and or Unreal like this, like you said, like indie developers, they just download it and play around and build something. You know, they have an idea, they go out and they do it. Yeah, like I've seen people literally like leave their jobs and say like, I want to come up with a game, I have an idea. And both of those platforms are big too because they both have marketplaces. So it's like, even if you're not, a 3d modeler you could get 3d assets off the marketplace and like yourself like you're a programmer you could easily get the assets you need off the marketplace and then you know do all your programming on the back end and at the end of the day make a game yeah that re- reminds me of that what's the bl- blue box that whole blue box fiasco that's going on do you know what i'm talking about i don't know it's it's like it's like some guy in blue box studios or something like that. And, and I think it's on PlayStation. It's not a, it's, this isn't a PlayStation Xbox thing, but like it's on PlayStation. But what it is, it's like, you know, this big, huge, massive experience or whatever. And they like would show screenshots and stuff. And they were all like the base out of box assets. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, what game yeah. are you doing? It's like, Oh, this is an experience unlike any other. And then they planned this big release thing where you would download the app on your playstation and open the app and it would give you like a trailer or something or whatever it is and all it was was the same trailer they put on twitter it was it's been like look up blue box it is some people think it's like kojima like it's (laughs) like some like the words of something you know comes out to spell kojima like this is a big huge conspiracy theory thing (laughs) but that kind of reminded me when you're saying like the marketplace that's why you see certain trees they all look the same or this or that it's because yeah those are the you know what comes into the engine and to the marketplace so you know you go out to the marketplace and be like oh i need i need trees i think there's a whole thing with just trees and bushes yeah trees bushes rocks rocks yeah yeah the foliage and everything i mean yeah there was literally a game that went viral on Steam last year because all the guy did was, and it was built in Unity, but like he followed a tutorial on YouTube because there was like a tutorial, like make a game in Unity in an hour. And it almost looked like a Streets of Rage type game, you know, like a side scrolling brawler. And yeah. the guy literally just downloaded the same assets off the Unity marketplace, copied that tutorial, and then just uploaded it to Steam. So it was literally just one level that just kept playing on repeat. 
And it was just that tutorial for like verbatim, like it was crazy, but I think it ended up getting taken down, but that's what, you know, people are doing. Like they just take the bare basics and say like, Hey, I made a game. Yeah. So, you know, a couple questions in here. So, out of the engines, you 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 on you know, on your YouTube channel again. If people aren't familiar with Jonathan, if you look up Jonathan Winbush uh, or Winbush in in YouTube, you'll find his channel. You're doing a lot of you know Unreal Engine five you know videos and and things like that. Um, why are you? Why do you, you know? I know some backstory for you, so it's kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> but like, why, why, do you, why are you picking Unreal Five over a Unity or other engines that you can get access to? Yeah, I mean, I've literally tried all of them that I was able to use. Right, like I've I've tried CryEngine um, because I love the Far Cry. Or, yeah, I love the early Far Cry games and uh, um, Crisis. What was the, yeah, Crisis 1 through 3 was really good. And like, those are some of my favorite games, right? So I really tried to start with CryEngine. It was really difficult and it doesn't have a big community around it. So it's kind of like one of those things like you either get it or you don't. And there's no support for it. At least there really wasn't at that time when I was trying to get into it. So then um, I started getting into Unity because I was doing VR stuff. This was like 2015, 2016, when VR was really starting to first pick up. And Unity was with all the, it was all the VR developers were using. So I did Unity for a couple of years, but it just never really jived with me. I always felt like it was kind of forced. And then um, just given my background, like I used a 3D program called Cinema 4D, and that's what I used to work in. Um, feature film and television doing CG and motion graphics. And just it happened. So one year that Epic made an announcement that you could take your native Cinema 4D files into Unreal Engine. So I went home and figured out how to do it. And then I started putting up tutorials on how to integrate the two. And I don't know, for some reason, the more I worked with Unreal, the more I was just like more comfortable with it. Like the navigation works really well. Like it's literally like playing a first person shooter, right? Cause you're using, even though I hate using keyboard and mouse for games, I mean, it still felt <laughs> natural, <laughs> you know, navigating with the WASD and the mouse and everything in your viewport and it worked really fast. So I don't know, it just, it was really intuitive for me and I just kind of fell into it and have a look back. Yeah. So again, I find it really weird <laughs> that you're not liking keyboard and mouse, but you hooked up and, and this is a video out there, guys. You have to go watch it. He's like, how to use your MIDI keyboard in Unreal Engine 5. And it's he's hooking up a keyboard and like using the knobs to like, you know, make the light go up and down like vertically and then pushing a button to turn on and off the light. And I'm just like, why yeah. do you why are you using a keyboard right now but i was like <laughs> well it is actually pretty cool that it can use that as an input device you know to like do that stuff because you know you know what's <laughs> um what's cool about it though is because well it's like with that video in particular it's not meant for people in gaming it's meant for people that are doing live events because unreal has gotten so popular because of its unreal or its real-time technology that it's being used for stuff other than gaming. Like, I mean, the biggest case is the Mandalorian, right? Like everybody saw how they used it instead of a green screen that had giant LED walls. 
and yeah. to use an Unreal Engine to display the backdrops in real time. And that's what kind of opened everybody's eyes to like, hey, this isn't just a game engine. We could utilize this for other things. And so like I know um, I worked with Deadmouse a little bit over the pandemic because he was starting to use Unreal Engine for his live shows. And that's what kind of gave me the idea because he would hook up um, like he's a programmer too, which is crazy, but he would have Unreal hooked up to all these MIDI devices that he had access to while he's performing and everything. So he would have the lighting, he would have the displays, he would have all types of effects all hooked up to these MIDI controllers all running in real time. And so it's kind of cool seeing how like these different industries are now using Unreal to kind of, you know, bend it to what they want to use it to instead of just for video games. Yeah. I don't know if it was Linus Tech Tips that went to his house for for something or a video, but if people haven't watched things about him, he is an extremely, extremely intelligent person. Like Yeah, no, he's he, he, very, very smart. <laughs> so he started off as a programmer that got into I want to say multimedia design before like music was just something he did for fun. And then I guess yeah. he he got picked up um like one of his songs got picked up or something, but yeah, like everything he does, he practically does on his own. So even like his, his graphics for his shows, he all does all his programming. Um, yeah. Like dude's crazy. Like it's over my head. Some of the stuff that he talks about. Right. Yeah. He's, he's very, very smart and very, very talented. He's one, he's one of those individuals out there in the world that you look at and like, man, this person was like blessed with intelligence and, and, and it's actually like a super nice person too. So it's like, yeah, you know, yeah. Very cool. Like to see somebody that builds their way up like that, you know, on their own and, and just does that. It's crazy. Um, so, you know, you're going over the engine and stuff and un- and unreal five. So people that listen to other podcasts, you know, I listen to other podcasts, wh- which are people who are game developers. Um, and they're talking about unreal <laughs> five versus four. And yeah. just these massive, massive jumps in, you know, technology always has these massive jumps, but they're talking about Unreal 5. Like this is like one of the biggest jumps in an engine technology that's been around in a long time. And they always reference, I know lighting is kind of, you know, is always talked about one of those things in an engine, like game lighting and particle you know i think you know you had videos and stuff but like you know as far as particles fog you know like all those things but i hear people talking about unreal engine 5 and just how easy it is now almost like drag and drop with some of the lighting effects and stuff and that they're just unbelievably uh, no pun intended here but unreal like it's great like they're crazy good so like what what are some of those benefits in five that are yeah so the new lighting technology is called Lumen and it's basically what you see is what you get like in past, especially for like game development, like you're only allotted so much space within the game. And so it's like, you're doing everything that you can to cut corners. And one of the big things is baking your lighting. And so what baking your lighting is basically your lighting isn't running in real time. Like if you're, the big example I always say is like if you're playing like pool, you know, like a pool table, like there's certain objects on a pool table that are never going to move, right? Like your table and the corners and stuff like that. So you can bake it and those shadows will always stay in place 
But then you do have moving objects on the pool table, like the pool balls, right? And so when the pool balls are moving around, they have like, um, they have reflectance on them, they're casting shadows, and there's a lot of calculations going on in there. And so what you would have to do in a game engine, you would have to bake the lighting for stuff that isn't moving, and that would save you on your memory on the back end. But then you would have to figure out a way to allot space for stuff that is moving and that light's going to have to react to. And it was one of those things that like when you hear games going into like the polishing phase, like that was a big thing that they're doing, like trying to figure out like what they could get away with, you know, using real time lighting opposed to bake lighting. That's just going to be baked in there and um, just trying to figure out how you could use it. So you're going to hit a certain frame rate because lighting takes a lot of calculation powder or power. And so that's why a lot of the last gen stuff was only 30 frames per second opposed to 60, you know, but with the Unreal Engine 5, you could literally get away with everything working in real time, just as you would in the real world. So it's simulating life as much as possible, you know, like the way that light reflects through like particles, as you were saying, and through fog and atmospheric effects and stuff of that nature, like that's all running in real time now, like it's all calculating on the fly and you don't have to do any baked lighting or anything. So it makes it a lot faster for the game developers too, because they don't have to worry about what do we need to draw back on while we're developing. It's almost just like the sky's the limit and we're just going to keep pushing it because the system to hold up with it now. Right. And, and if I'm not, if I remember right, the one of the other big thing is too, and I, I think I saw this in one of their unreal engine like demo tech demos is they are moving the light. Like they took like the light bulb and they were like moving the light around the room and all the shadows were real yes. time as well. Like you didn't have to worry about that. It was doing all of that for you. And yep. it was just kind of one of those things. I remember hearing another developer. It's like, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, there's like 15 things we do not have to worry about anymore because unreal engine five is doing it for us now just like flat out of the box. And I was like, oh, okay, that's crazy. (laughs) I mean, we haven't seen anything yet with the gaming side because most of the Unreal 5 titles haven't launched yet. But I mean, remember last year you had games like Control and the big thing back then was ray tracing, right? But the ray tracing was so taxing on the system that I think it was only like, um, what was that middle Xbox console? Was it the One X, I believe? So it was like the One yes, X and one. the PlayStation Pro were the only ones that were able to do ray tracing. And then even then, it was still limited compared to like the PC version just because it takes a lot of calculating power. But with Unreal 5, it still uses ray tracing where you want it to. But with Lumen, it's kind of like you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. And so it's just right. like for even for like what I do with cinematics and stuff like that, like I don't have to worry about rendering times because it's like, I could just throw everything at it and it's all running in real time. So I mean, I'm literally rendering out scenes within matters of minutes. Like it's all just running in real time. I don't have to worry about if I use this type of fog effect with this lighting and the way the light scatters, is that going to add more rendering time because of the calculating power? You know, it's like, it's doing it all for you. And with, with, um, sorry, you meant, you mentioned like games. We haven't like seen a lot of the games and stuff yet. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think with your experience and stuff? Like, what are we going to be getting as gamers in unreal, you know, 
Unreal Engine Five games coming out in the future? Like what's... before you answer, okay, I can tell you. I can tell you one thing, Bron, because we we were complaining about it the other day yeah. in Fortnite. Remember, uh, uh, was it Adam? Was that who we were playing with? Yes. Yeah, Adam Shepard. Um, yeah, and uh, so the three of us were in uh, a Fortnite match, and someone was asking. I think it was. Uh, I think Braun asked, like, "What do you see him?" We were down to like the very end. <coughs> we couldn't find the guys, and we were up on a plateau, but we couldn't see them because of the dust. Yeah, in the air, <laughs> and it was just like it really was. And I remember commenting, "Damn, Unreal Engine Five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what making that's what... it so I could. So I can't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember because you, it, you didn't that. have that in previous versions, you know, and it was like you could look at certain areas and it's clear. And then as you're getting towards the dust storm, you can see where it's getting more and more like harder to see. And until it's just like you can't see. Yeah. And it's just it looks really good. Yeah. 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 That's we, and we that, that's that. what led to my. Oh, sorry. That, I was going to say that's what led to my comment of. you know you're like done darn unreal engine 5 is like yeah i wish epic would go and make their own engine so they could get rid of this (laughs) or something like that (laughs) but yeah sorry jonathan got no no i was just going to say i mean that's what you call draw distance like you hear game developers talk about that a lot because the way that you would cut down on computing time is you really only have to worry about the stuff that's closest to the the person right so the stuff that's far off into the distance that's going to be um, like the level of detail is going to be a lot less than the stuff that's in, you know, direct view of you. So that was kind of like a perfect example, like a sandstorm is far off. You might see remnants of it, but they're not going to put it in full detail because it's going to be taxing on a system for something that's far off into the distance. But the closer you get to it, now it's starting to add more details to it until you get into the thick of the storm where you're seeing like auto level of detail to it. So with Unreal 5 now, you don't have to really worry about draw distance as much. And so I don't know if you've seen like the the video that's currently up on IGN where they're kind of showing some of the showcase and some of the, the back end stuff of it. But you don't have to worry about like levels of details in terms of like the big thing with gaming before was you would make like a, a game model, right? Like say you have like a, a rock and you've probably seen this when you're playing a game, like when a rock is far away, like the the texture on it is a little bit blurry, but as you move into it, the texture starts popping in this like 4K texture, right? Well, with Unreal 5, it's like that rock, there is no popping in and out of the textures because that rock is going to stay the same uh, fidelity no matter where it's at in the world, even if you're not looking at it. And they call that nanite technology. And so the big thing there is, Basically, they could take assets from like Hollywood movies. So like if they're working on like the next Spider-Man game, they could take assets from like Industrial Light and Magic from the movie, bring that into the game and keep that same level of detail as you would in a Hollywood film and not worry about like the textures decimating or anything of that nature. So there's there's a lot of really cool stuff that's in the works there. That's neat. And is... Is it the is it the engine that's going to handle the things like we've heard this before? Like games should be getting smaller in size. Is is it the engine that's handling like you know instead of having this tree and having forty five you know thousand copies of it 
or of that asset in the game, you have it one time and just say, please render the same one asset every time. Is it the engine doing that? Or is that like a mix between the engine and your hard drive that's in the console doing that? I believe with five, it's going to be the engine that's doing that, but they worked with, you know, like PlayStation and Xbox to kind of, um, uh, they, it's like they tied the hardware to the engine to be able to do that stuff on the fly. So that's why when you saw five first got announced, they were like running it on PlayStation five technology. So I'm not sure like the back end technology that's they're doing, like, I still don't even understand like all the voodoo that's behind all this stuff because it still seems <laughs> too good to be true. But like, I'm, I'm curious about if that stuff is going to work on PC as well, because, you know, like the games on PlayStation and Xbox, like that's tied down hardware, like that hardware is never going to change. But when you're on PC, that hardware fluctuates. And so, like, I know they have optimized so much to work on PS5 and Xbox that you're not going to yeah. have that issue. But PC is what we're all kind of waiting to see, like what's going to happen with Unreal 5 games on PC. Yeah, and I thought... And I thought that's what AMD and some of the like things with Windows 11, like they're doing that, like that bus line, you know, the the bus to that to and from is going to be like a direct connection between your right. graphics card and CPU now. Like, I think that's what they're doing and, and working that out and stuff. I think a lot of the stuff like computer I'm running now is going to be able to handle and do things like that, but it's more of like unlocking that i'm not i haven't been following up with that either that again like you said the voodoo behind the scenes <laughs> so. i mean it's it's the pc side of it's tough though because in theory it should work but there's so many variables because you know people build yeah. their own pcs or you might get it from a third-party vendor so you're like you're making up your parts as you're going so it's kind of hard to dictate what someone's you know system specs are going to be so yeah it they can say it's going to work but is it yeah, you know, it's like at what level is it going to work at, you know, depending on your specs. Right. Uh, Mark, sorry for asking all the questions. Sorry, I get into this because it's the stuff that I like to do. And so, but no, go ahead, Mark, you're up. <laughs> um, I think there's two questions that I really have is, so all these different, there's all these different types of engines, but. It seems to me that I hear about the Unreal Engine the most. Um, it, why do you think that that is so popular over others? Yeah, I feel like, especially with 5, it's just the strides that they've taken within the engine, especially over top of the other ones that I think that's why we talked about it earlier, like everybody's kind of switching to Unreal Engine 5 because I think your development cycles are going to be I don't want to say a lot less because with faster technology, you know, creative people want to throw more stuff at it. But I think it's going to make the development cycles a little bit easier. Like a lot of it is drag and drop. Like if you have your assets in a content browser, you can literally drag and drop stuff. And it's like playing with Legos. Like I could literally build like an entire environment in probably like 60 minutes or less. And it looks photo real. Like it's it's pretty crazy with the stuff that you could do that wasn't as easy, even in Unreal Engine 4, like it was still a good system, but like the stuff that you could do on 5, it just, I don't know, it takes away a lot of the the guesswork. Like it's doing a lot of the thinking for you and a lot of the hard stuff for you. So you have a lot more time to be more creative with it. And 
I just don't think other engines have really caught up to it yet. You actually answered both questions because my next one was going to be that I've heard people say that this will improve development times and maybe we'll get games quicker. But I like how you said that, well, every time you get more speed or more space or, you know, devs want to throw more at it. Yeah, 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 it's that that chase uh, all the time because it's like i've been doing this stuff a long time and you know the faster this computer gets everybody's like yeah it's going to render faster we'll get done quicker but at the end of the day it's like well i could render quicker so maybe i could throw more at it and then you throw more at it and then you're slowed back down again so it's like that constant back and forth you get faster technology but then you want to push that technology and then you know you you kind of detriment yourself but I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. And then I think it's, um, and I may be wrong, it might be Slip Space, or is it Slip slip Space Engine? That was what Halo used. Um, Yeah, that's the one. I've heard other shows talking about that Microsoft needs to make 343 move to Unreal Engine. Do you, what do you think on that? I think they will. Because the coalition worked really tight with, um, they helped with the development of Unreal Engine 5, which I thought it was crazy that they showcased the PS5 first because the coalition has really been working tightly with Unreal 5 and the, um, helping them get that the game engine into shape. And so, like I, like, I don't have any inside information, right? But I feel like Gears of War 6 is probably going to use UE5, but... I don't know why Halo, like they decided to create their own engine for that when, you know, their other studio was already working with the Epic team on Unreal. I mean, it could have been um, budget, you know, like they didn't want to share in the profits or I, like, I don't really know at the end of the day why they would do that. But I could say that um, I think moving forward, they're going to be using Unreal a lot more. Like I think Perfect Dark is even using Unreal 5 if I if I'm not mistaken. And then we know um, Hellblade 2, that was like the first official game that was announced that's using Unreal 5. So yeah, I think we're going to see it used a lot more. And then I think a lot of EA stuff, they're getting away from their their Frostbite system. And I think they're moving more towards UE5. They've butchered Frostbite. Like it's bad. I mean, they, they, they took Frostbite in each developer, each group, like customized it and stuff like that to where it wasn't even the same frostbite across their own stuff. It was terrible. Yeah. Because once stuff isn't working and you get your programmers in there developing, you know, your own custom plugins and yeah. they're not sharing this stuff across the, you know, it's more of like a management thing. Like it should have been yeah. one central team working on it instead of the, each the individual studios working on it. Yeah. Right. Um, Mark, did you have another question? Cause I actually, have one for him i'm i'm <laughs> no i think i'm i'm done and i just yeah so go ahead uh yeah so in, in some of your videos and stuff that's that you have out there and you mentioned some some here you use more than just unreal engine 5 for the things you do yeah what are some of like the other applications that you have and i know you go over like i said you go over them in some of your videos but then what's like a what's like the cost, you know, some of these, some of these tools are not free. So like, what's, what's the kind of the cost that you have, 
you know, doing some of the things that you do? Yeah, so I would say for 3D, Cinema 4D is the main 3D application. And that's where, like, you would take, you would build your stuff in Cinema 4D, right? So you would build out your 3D models. I would do my level design and anything, you know, 3D, I would build in Cinema. And then I bring those assets over to Unreal Engine. And there I would do like my texturing and lighting and animation. And then, you know, finally rendering. But, um, I'm trying to think of how much that costs because everything has gone to subscription based, right? And so, of course, <laughs> I want to say cinema is like $60 a month, but like I make up that money in client work, right? So it's kind of like right. it kind of pays for itself, plus it's a business right off at the end of the day. But, um, like for anybody out there listening that wants to get into 3D, then it's like now is the perfect time, right? Because we have Blender out there, Blender 3D which is absolutely free, which is not, it's not, you know, it's, even though it's free, it's nothing to shake your leg at. Like there was a Netflix movie that was actually created um, 100% inside of Blender. So it's something that could be used professionally. And if you use Blender in combination with Unreal, it's kind of like you have your own studio right there. Like I even Epic Games, like, you know, they, they help fund the uh, Blender Foundation. Like I think they, gave them like half a million dollars or half a million. Um, yeah. Half a million dollars there. They kind of keep it going since they are free. So blender would be a good one for anybody getting into 3d. And then, um, you know, like I used the Adobe suite, you know, your Photoshop, your Adobe illustrator, your after mm -hmm. effects, things of that nature. And, um, yeah, I would say those are probably the big ones. And then, you know, I'd use, other stuff like I have a motion capture suit here so I could do character animations and not have to hand animate. Um, I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, it's crazy because I, I use a whole plethora of stuff, but I would say like my main stuff is Cinema 4D, Unreal Engine, and After Effects. Okay. Yeah, because you, you were in some of your videos, you're talking about like your wireframing, like that's doing your motion captures from another application that you were bringing into cinema 4d and then you're taking it from cinema 4d over to unreal is like this staged approach i'm like man that's like four applications you rattled <laughs> off you know inside there right um so yeah there's oh, a lot to it cool. i mean it's like i've been using this stuff for so long that it doesn't feel like it's four applications you know like because everything kind of works together especially with the workflow that i kind of developed for myself so it doesn't feel like Hey, I'm using four separate things. It just feels like I'm using four different tools, but they're all unified into one, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, before before we go, you know, I'd like, you know, for you to tell people kind of what you what you're doing. Like, you know, you're talking about client work and you know, if you want to like plug yourself and stuff. And I know you even had something going along with Epic, like how's that been going? Um, is that still going on? Are you finished with that or? Yeah, no, I'm doing stuff with Epic for a while. Um, what you're alluding to is I recently got the Epic mega grant. And so yep. they've been, they've been funding my educational efforts because like during a pandemic, I actually did release a course for Unreal Engine 4 for people that wanted to learn how to use Unreal, not for game development, but more for the cinematic side, you know, like doing animation and, rendering out, I guess you would say like cutscenes and motion graphics and stuff like that. 
and they liked what I did there. So they funded me to make an Unreal Engine 5 course. But like my Unreal Engine 4 course was um, a paid course, right? So it was like 250 bucks. But since Epic is funding this one, I'm able to release it 100% free through my YouTube channel and through um, unrealengine.com. And so once I complete that, probably around this summer, that's going to be freely distributed to anybody. So if there's anybody out there that wants to learn Unreal Engine and kind of get their feet wet, I go through, you know, like a step-by-step process from A to Z. Just we start off learning the interface and by the end of the course, you should be able to have some cool animations and render everything out in there. Cool. Um, where, where can people find some of your work and stuff outside of the YouTube? Yeah, so if you go to jonathanwimbush.com, I need to update it. But yeah, that's that's where a lot of my like client work is, right? So like I said before, I do a lot of work in television and movies, mainly doing CG work and motion graphics work. So the latest show that I just came off of, it was on um, History Channel. I just finished a season of it. It's called Aztec Gold. So that's an eight-part series or eight-episode series. And then now I just picked up a show that's going to be on Netflix that's going to be releasing in the fall. So I can't announce that one yet. But for all the shows that I've been working on, I've been using Unreal Engine, of course. And so if you go to jonathanwinbush.com, I should be able to update some of my my work there if you guys are interested in checking it out. And then, you know, of course, on like social media, Instagram, Twitter, this is all Jonathan Winbush and pretty active on Twitter. So yeah, I mean, I probably post there before anywhere else. Very cool. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you guys. I mean, just two hours went quick. Yeah. I could go on with these things like forever too, you know, and, 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 you know, I'll ask you a couple things after the show. If that's not show related, but, um, yeah, I'm like yeah. I feel like I miss I'm leaving so much out, but <laughs> you know, I, it's it's a deep topic. Yeah. It is. And I mean it's 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 fascinating. Like to me, like I said, Mark Mark kind of put in our chat, he's like, Bro, do I get to ask a question, Brun? You know, and it's like <laughs> it's because I just kept going because like I get into these things because I again not the same field, but you know, in technology and I just, this stuff fascinates me and I just love talking about it. So, and learning more and more about it. But, uh, I will say if, um, like if anybody, even yourselves, if you're interested, like I know IGN just put out a video with the Epic games team, but if you go to Epic games, YouTube channel, they release content like every other day and they even have like a live stream. I want to say bi-weekly, where you're talking with the developers and you can ask them questions and stuff like that. And they're pretty open. So like if anybody wants to go in there and talk to the people that are actually developing this game engine, like they answer questions on our live stream. Like they're really cool about it. Cool. cool. All right. Awesome. Uh, so time to move on. Uh, yeah, sure. All righty. Run, 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 run
<laughs> yeah. Um, so for uh, the releasing on Xbox May 16th to 20th, um, we have a few games on here. Uh, anybody know how to say that? <laughs> um, Yurongi Generation Special Edition on uh, May 17th. It's on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, Behind Closed Doors, A Developer's Tale is on May 18th. Uh, Xbox One X Enhanced. Uh, Divination is on May 18th. Uh, Endzone, A World Apart, is on May 19th, which is optimized for X and S. Uh, They Always Run, also on the 19th of May. Um, So then you have Vampire the Masquerade Swan Song, which is not the same game we were playing earlier, um, is on May 19th. Uh, Deadcraft will be on May 20th. Uh, Dolman will also be on May 20th. And Nirvana Pilot Yume. Is that Yumi or Yume? I guess it's Yume. I don't know. It looks like Star that's Fox. What I would, yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah. So, and uh, that is also on May 20th. So that is what's coming out or has recently come out. Um, other than that, thanks for, to learn your lesson for the music. And again, thanks Jonathan, Jonathan for coming on the show. We, appreciate it and i hope a lot of people enjoyed that talk and if people did enjoy that go check out his channel and and watch some stuff and if other people did enjoy it as well maybe we can get you back on and talk more about it so yeah yeah i'll try not to ramble so much next time <laughs> uh, there is no, no it, it was it was good yeah i appreciate you it. can't out ramble me either by the way <laughs> It's hard to do. That's true. (laughs) That's true. Before we jump off, though, because I just saw it inside the the news.xbox, the track to Yami. Have you guys played that one yet? No. It came out on Game Pass. But, yeah, I was curious about it because it has, like, a cool visual style to it. But I think that might be the one I check out next. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I have heard people talking about it. Um, It's supposed to be pretty, pretty good, so. Yeah, I might have to check that out. All right. Oh, all right. Very cool. So, Jonathan, once you start to sign out here, and we'll go from there. Yeah. So, my name is Jonathan Wimbush. Thank you guys again for having me on here. Again, if you guys are interested in any of my educational stuff, you can find me on youtube.com slash Jonathan Wimbush. Yep. And I'm Brun BJSwick33. And I'm Mark KK Wingman 709, taking off. Maybe. <laughs>